Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Happy June! June is one of my favorite months of the year because, one, the sun is still out at 8 p.m., two, I am an emotional little cancer baby who is born June 22nd, and three, it's Pride Month. So all month long, we are going to be celebrating Pride in the Pod Lab with some amazing guests from our community who are working to recognize, celebrate, and support the beautiful members of the LGBTQIA plus community in Central and Appalachia, Kentucky. Now, before we get started, I want to remind everyone listening that Bluegrass Community Foundation's mission is to create more generous, vibrant, engaged, and equitable communities. And there is no better time to do that than in the month of June. So if you want to learn more about how you can support causes you care about right here at home, visit us at bgcf.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at bgcfky. Now, did you know that more often than not, this show gives me the opportunity to talk to geniuses? Not like, oh, they're really good at what they do, but like this is the smartest, coolest, most ground-shaking person I've ever met, geniuses? Well, today, you get to listen to that firsthand. (laughs) Dr. Bernadette Barton is a professor of sociology and director of gender studies at Moorhead State University and a popular public speaker unafraid to tackle controversial issues. She's on the board of directors for Just Fund Kentucky, which is a multi-million dollar endowment fund at BGCF, whose mission has always been to support the many community groups that are fighting for fairness and equality around the state. Here is Bernadette Barton. Hi, Courtney. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for being here. And before we get started in the Just Fund Kentucky stuff, because it's so important and I'm so excited that you're here, I want to take this time to offer an official invite for you to come back to speak about your work outside of Just Fund, because I just bought your three books. I'm waiting (laughs) for them to be delivered onto my Kindle, and I'm so excited. They are magic. 
<laughs> and I'm so excited to talk to you. So um, let's start talking about Just Fund. If you want to take a moment to introduce yourself and what Just Fund is and how you two conglomerate together, that would be great. Uh, well, my name's Bernadette Barton, and I am a professor of sociology, and I'm also the director of gender studies at Moorhead State University, uh, although I do live in Lexington and have <laughs> for some time. Um, so that's my work, and of course it overlaps with Just Fund Kentucky, mm. which is a $2 million endowment that funds educational projects um, that brighten the lives of LGBTQ people across the state of Kentucky. So since uh, 2011, Just Fund has granted $577,000 to 71 community organizations. So where, you know, our, our goal is to impact people across the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. And I'm also the board secretary for Just Fund. Um, and I was recruited onto the board in 2016. I think I became the secretary in 2018. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I just really enjoy my work with the organization. I like making an impact on the lives of people in my little corner of the world. Mm. Now, one of the things that I think is so unique about Just Fund is that you all have the capacity to reach so many different communities because you all don't necessarily do um, any kind of programming. You all are really just funding programming that other organizations does. So can you tell us a little bit about some of those organizations that you've helped funded or initiatives that you all have gotten to be a part of? Um, sure, and that is exactly right. So we use the interest from our $2 million endowment to uh, fund all kinds of other people's fabulous and important work. So we've just done, we've funded such a wide variety of projects, including helping train medical students in LGBTQ issues. We've helped uh, support plays. Um, we support gay straight alliances. We've funded research. We, uh, we support a lot of prides across the mm -hmm. state. Um, we, we support conferences and speakers. We uh, support anti-racist initiatives. Um, we serve LGBTQ people, but we also ed educate heterosexuals to reduce fear, ignorance, and bigotry. Mm -hmm. To better support all the young people that are coming out now, there's so many of them, it's really yes. exciting. Mm -hmm. Now, what kind of impact have you seen with the initiatives that you all have helped support? Well, we've seen... Um, Oh, what kind of an impact? Well, we, we've seen greater awareness about LGBTQ issues. We've seen um, better e engagements with heterosexuals. We've see, helped um, folks be better allies. If you'd like, I can talk specifically about a couple of projects. Yes, that would be great. Okay, well, just for example, last year we hosted an Arts Connect uh, project uh, that was an event with Silas House at the Lexington Public Library called How to Be Beautiful. Mm. And this was a unique multidisciplinary uh, collaboration with 40 visual artists displaying their work. And then Silas also um, you know, shared a, a story that was turned into a play that was also a musical. So it was just this like, <laughs> incredible event that was so fun. Um, so that's just one example mm -hmm. of a of a project that we supported. Another, you can you know walk by right now in Lexington, the mural of Sweet Evening Breeze. Have you seen it? No. Where is it? Oh this? yeah, that's on the corner of oh, where is it? Um, North Limestone, and it's called Mother to Us All, and it's like a three story you know mural of Sweet Evening Breeze, who was recognized he was sort of an early you know trans activist drag queen he was recognized for his effeminate style often wearing makeup scarves and jewelry 
in the mid 20th mm. century. You know, he was an African American um, person. So this is just, you know, really a wonderful image to have in mm. downtown Lexington for us to enjoy. Um, we also f- uh, funded an evening with Cookie Johnson, who is the the wife of Magic Johnson, who had they have a LGBTQ child, and that mm-hmm. was at the Lyric Theater, and that was well attended, and you know, really interesting to hear her perspective mm-hmm. on what's going on. So, just a few examples of things. Oh, and our wonderful er- a roast of Ernesto Sorsconi that yes. happened <laughs> last November. I don't know if you were able to go to that or not. I but didn't, but I heard it was amazing. It was amazing. It was just so much fun. It was such a great community building uh, activity. And I know right now I just focused on some of the events that were happening Mm -hmm. and have happened in uh, Lexington. But we also have stuff going on all over the state. For example, um, we funded... This is just kind of fascinating. The River Park Center in Owensboro is mm. going to do monthly LGBTQ events, including a pride. So that at the at the River Park Center, oh, wow. so mm-hmm. that's like incredible visibility. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just one. And of course, you know, drag queens have been under attack in certain states, including our own. And we support drag queen story. Yes, time. we do. Mm. We are most certainly going to talk about. That in just a moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but can you tell us, one, a little bit more about Just Fun background and how you all got to where you are today, but also the importance of having an organization like this who says our main goal is to fund these initiatives for people who are needing it right now? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it was, you know, the brainchild of Ernesto Scorsoni and Deborah Hensley, who I know is a big supporter of Radio Lex yes. and the Bluegrass Foundation. Um, so they had a conversation with Cliff Todd, who promised this was like sort of a, a memorable lunch where they, um, you know, persuaded Cliff to, you know, um, offer a $500,000 matching grant. If we could get the rest of the funds, mm. we could establish this endowment. So what's so valuable about this is that the endowment just stays. So the, we don't, we'll always have this money yep. um, and it's uh, invested conservatively. So we can use the interest in perpetuity uh, for any kind of project that is, you know, that, that people want to ap- apply for and, you know, engage in with mm-hmm. the community. So that's how it started, and then we built the funding, and then we started giving actual money out to applicants in 2011. Mm, okay. And every mostly, usually we are able to fund a little bit more every year, kind of depending on the market and what happens. So this year we were able to award $57,000 to projects, um, and that's just so rewarding to be able to get together with the Grants Committee and look at these wonderful endeavors that folks are engaging in to try to make the world a brighter place. Mm. Now, how did you get connected with Just Fund? How did you find yourself being in, in the zeitgeist of Just Fund Kentucky? That's a good question. Um, well, I, I was familiar with uh, Ernesto mm-hmm. and Deborah, and, uh, you know, the, the Lexington gay community isn't that big. <laughs> uh, but I also wrote a book called Pray the Gay Away, The mm-hmm. Extraordinary Lives of Bible Belt Gays. And in that book, I um, for that book, I researched the experiences of what it's like to be uh, to grow up gay in a homophobic culture, and I, I worked on this book back in uh, the early, like the late 2000s, like 2007 to 2011. Um, and so I interviewed with uh, lesbians and gay men throughout the Bible Belt, but especially in Kentucky because that was 
an area of convenience. And through that work, I also connected with Ernesto and Deborah. And anyway, Ernesto reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in being on the board. And I, I was. I thought it was an incredible. I'd also been to several Just Fund events. Yes. I was, and I had uh, written a piece that they published in their uh, their Justice magazine. So I was connected mm-hmm. and interested and kind of a logical person to reach out to with my own work uh, as a researcher and scholar and then my own activism as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the projects that we can look forward to with Just Fund Kentucky maybe this year or coming up next year? What do you all have going on? Well, we have uh, the Drag Queen Story Hour, as I mentioned. Uh, We have some prides. Of course, Ashland Pride we funded, Pikeville Pride. Um, our Lexington Pride, which is going, I don't know if you're going to be talking with. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> They're doing a change of venue. So one of the things they requested was some funds to bring in a keynote speaker. So it's like a big name. So that'll yeah. be fun to see who they choose. Um, we also supported La Casita Center, which is Latinx Pride in Louisville. So that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a camp for LGBTQ youth called Camp Beacon. Um, so that's something to help support the young people needing you know, the kind of solidarity and empowerment experience that you get at a camp. Right. Um, so those are just a few things. Oh, Bluegrass Community and Technical College have a wonderful conference called Building Bridges, an LGBTQ mm-hmm. conference. And they just had theirs, and it was just excellent. And, you know, we funded them again for next year. So those are just a few examples of the things that we do. I love it. Now, we are celebrating Pride Month right now. You're going to be our first guest <laughs> on Pride Month, and I'm so excited. How can we bridge those, how can we start bridging those gaps between the LGBTQ community and the people who maybe don't fully understand where they're coming from? Well, that's a very big question. It is a big question. (laughs) I mean, pride is an important part of that historically because pride is a place where LGBTQ people can be visible. Mm -hmm. Prides are empowering. Prides are a place to challenge, you know, bigoted ideas. Um, people are still under attack because of their perceived sexual orientation and gender identity, as, mm-hmm. as is evidenced by that terrible bill that the General Assembly passed, yeah. SB 150. I think one of the, the takeaways from that is that our rights can never be taken for granted, that they can always be taken away. But if I was going to look at this from a hopeful place, I, I want to say I hope that this is the last gasp of those kind of um oppressive attitudes, Mm -hmm. uh, because we're in a time where more and more young people are identifying as LGBT. Yes. I mean, one in seven in Gen Z, and it might even be more with Generation Alpha. So there's just a real disconnect between what's happening in the General Assembly, which I think you could call rule of a... um, minority Mm. that do not reflect the will of the people um, at all. Because when you talk to somebody one-on-one, even people who identify as conservative and conservative Christian, they're much more thoughtful and nuanced in how they approach and experience the issues and more open to a variety of perspectives than what's happening Mm -hmm. and has happened in the General Assembly. As somebody who is an ally and not part of the community, I feel so much anger Mm -hmm. and frustration and fear. I have cousins who are 17, 18, 19, Mm -hmm. and they have all come out this year, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. But there's a piece of me that's like, 
like, okay, that's fantastic. And I'm so excited that you're living your truth and you're doing this. But being in the state is is hard for this community. So what advice do you have for people like me who just want to help without um, getting violent? Because sometimes I can get a little feisty. Mm-hmm. What do you say to people who just want to make a difference and feel stuck? Well, I think it's easy to feel stuck when it feels like we can't change what the people who are elected are doing, Mm. especially when they experience hours of testimony, like heart-rendering testimony, and and just sit there stone-faced. Like they just, it's like they can't be moved. It's like they, Mm -hmm. uh, it's strange. Um, But regular folks can be moved. So so how do you manage those feelings and and also feel like you're doing something productive and Mm -hmm. useful and especially given how scary it is that there could be some Christian nationalist takeover of our right. state that seems to be in progress. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think one thing you can do is acknowledge you're already doing a lot, which is you're using your voice. And that's probably the most powerful thing you can do mm-hmm. is to use your voice in support of people who are marginalized. And I think people don't realize how powerful it is just to challenge bigoted ideas. Mm-hmm. When I was writing Pray the Gay Way, this story just still sticks out at me all the time. There was a young woman named Misty, and she was a closeted lesbian in her family, suffering terrible, terrible depression, who, who should have been tended to in lots of ways. Um, and she went to a tiny little fundamentalist church that was literally called Fundamentalist Christian um, that really seemed like a sect, possibly a cult. Like they all mm. believed they were going to die um, you know, December 31st, 1999, because so that kind of yeah. a mm-hmm. added set of attitudes. Anyway, so she's talked about how the preacher would preach on homosexuality, saying all these negative things. And while her parents didn't say themselves say anything negative about homosexuality at that at that time, they would shake his hand as they walked out the door. So this right. would confirm to her that they agreed with mm-hmm. him. So I think in Kentucky, we we have a we don't want to we don't want to rock the boat. We want to get along. We don't want conflict. We just we we want to be agreeable. Yes, Southern charm, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yes, Appalachian writer Loyal Jones calls that quality personalism, mm-hmm. and that's the act of appearing to agree when you don't. Mm-hmm. So, not agreeing is a powerful act because then you model for other people how to do it. So even when it's awkward and uncomfortable, you know, the more you practice that, the better you get at it. You get so you can do it in ways that don't the other person won't necessarily get as defensive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you show other people how to do it and you make it a norm. So and then the the more you plant those seeds, the more other people do it. So I think that kind of grassworks, grassroots talking is incredibly powerful, and we shouldn't underestimate it. Right. How is Just Fund kind of leading the way in having these conversations and helping with these initiatives? What are you all, how are you all feeling in kind of this scary, limbo-ish time that we're facing right now? Um, well, we're about to have a board retreat. Oh, yay. <laughs> so that's coming up. Where we're going to kind of revisit a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, one thing that we've committed to do as the largest LGBTQ endowment in the state is um, is to find something to fund a project that's a little more expensive with a bigger impact. And what we're choosing to put some of our money into right now is the ACLU 
uh, case uh, mm. challenging SB 150. Mm. So that's something that we're working on right now. Um, and Ernesto, I know, is is involved in fundraising. Um, he's personally really skilled at this, you know, getting money across the street also to help um, pay the legal fees mm. for that battle, which is just so important yes. for the bodily autonomy of trans people. Now, for those who are listening who maybe don't know what this bill is, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, I can. So SB 150, and I have brought some notes with me, <laughs> uh, it prevents trans youth from obtaining life-saving, gender-affirming care. So while then less than 1% of the total population is are trans children, they've been the target of more than half a dozen bills by our state senators and representatives. SB 150 also outs students to their parents and allows teachers to ignore a student's preferred pronouns or name. It's definitely, certainly going to lead to the death of trans youth. Mm -hmm. um, the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center identified the groups pushing these bills as hate groups. Mm -hmm. So um, SB 150 is, uh, you know, not just affecting public school K through 12, but the universities as well, because mm -hmm. we have dual credit students. So high school students take our classes. So universities across Kentucky are in conversation about how to manage this bill. Mm -hmm. And what does the inside of those conversations look like? Well, it's about like, oh, so what are the learning outcomes for this particular course? And mm -hmm. does this course have anything associated with sexual orientation and gender identity? And you could talk about it in this way, but not this way. And th the thing is, you know, every professor who teaches a class teaches it with their own personal right. stamp. So it's um, it's. Nobody basically knows how to manage this. Right. <laughs> and the people who passed this bill are not educators. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they didn't plan ahead for how mm -hmm. this would impact the entire state. Mm. What is your greatest hope for not just Just Fund, but the state of Kentucky in relation to what's happening in the world right now? My greatest hope for Kentucky is that we reject domination politics mm. in favor of a politics of liberation, that we turn our focus toward uplifting and supporting the most marginalized members of our community, that we stop uh, perpetuating gross inequities of wealth, income, health care, education, and that we create a society where every person has value and mm. every person gets to do meaningful work, um, a place that's equitable and just where we can all thrive and, and that people will, um, will somehow have the space, the energy, mm. the, the ability to just not be scared of differences in sexual orientation and gender expression, that those there is nothing there to fear. There's a lot more to fear of a man with a gun than a man in a dress, you know, Hello. reading a book. So Hello. like these just, you know, I just, I really hope that people take a breath mm -hmm. and realize that they're being manipulated by, you know, fear tactics that they don't, that they can follow their inner guidance on this. Mm -hmm. They can look to the, the people around them, the LGBTQ people that they, they probably know, even if they may not know. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like, these are people that that 
that we're all people. Mm. <laughs> we're all just people doing our best to live our lives and be happy. And that's what matters. Yes. From a personal standpoint, is it, do you think that it's fear that's kind of leading the charge here? Is is this happening because people are afraid is, I guess, what I'm asking? Um, I would say yes, partly. Mm -hmm. Certainly that's a large chunk of it. Mm -hmm. Whether they should be afraid or not. I mean, there are definitely things to be afraid of. Gun violence Hello. is a scary thing. Yes. Climate change is a scary mm -hmm. thing. You know, um, skyrocketing health bills are a scary thing. The fact that we die is a scary yes. thing. There's things yes. for us to be scared of. Mm -hmm. So it's better for us to just face those fears and make the institutional changes we need to have happier lives here mm -hmm. and to go into therapy for the things yes. that are about us personally than to scapegoat a group of people mm -hmm. and, you know, subject them to discrimination, to, to institutionalize discrimination and, and harm them. It's like, that's the least Christian thing you could possibly do. Mm -hmm. I didn't read that anywhere. <laughs> Hello. Um, before we move on to segment two, I want to give you the opportunity to touch on just fund things that maybe we've skipped over or anything that you want to add to this informational part before we get into you. <laughs> I would just say um, Just Fund Kentucky is an very important organization mm -hmm. for LGBTQ people. So if you or any of the folks listening would like to um, participate in Just Fun, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Yes. You can attend our events. You can follow us on social media. You can donate. And we really are interested in legacy donating, which means you could include Just Fund in your will or make Just Fund a beneficiary for an insurance policy. So we have a booklet on the website that you can download um, that will give you information as well as some planned giving guides. I mean, you can even make a Facebook birthday, <laughs> you know. Yes, yes. Like, um, fundraiser. Fundraiser, yeah. thank you. Um, so every dollar helps. And I promise you that we're very, very careful with our money. And the, the bigger our endowment, the more we have interest, the more projects we can yep. fund. So that's just, and it's just a way to give that really makes a meaningful difference in people's lives. Mm. And let's say that there's someone who maybe doesn't have the funds to give right now. Are there other volunteer opportunities that you all might need help with? Oh, yes. We're, we're doing events. We, um, we, we would love for people to help staff tables at Prides. Mm. That, that would be a wonderful opportunity. It kind of gives someone something to do, too. If they're yeah. kind of shy about going to a Pride, it gives them a role and a task. <laughs> So, so if you're listening, really smart. Yeah. <laughs> reach out to us, please. We would love some help staffing these tables and getting the word out about our um, our mission and what we're accomplishing. Yes. Oh, love it. Okay. We are going to move into segment two, which is what I like to call BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I ask you a series of questions. And without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer that pops up. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are you reading right now? I'm reading a book called Manifesting Alignment. So, Tell me more about that. What are you learning so far? Uh, well, I am in the. I'm beginning a new project. Okay. I'm, I have a couple of book projects in progress, but I'm also conceptualizing a new project, and it's going to be a project focused on alignment. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like most of my previous work, which I'm very happy to meet and talk with you about, I'm so excited. I yes. would love to, uh, have really kind of de deconstructed problems in our mm -hmm. culture, and. I want to focus on a solution, and I feel like alignment is the solution. And so alignment, you've got 
oh, alignment is very multifaceted. Yes. You have, you know, your physical alignment and your emotional alignment and your spiritual alignment and then your alignment with other people mm-hmm. and then and then your alignment with each individual person and your alignment with politics, mm-hmm. your alignment with work. It's like it's shifting and changing. And I've been thinking about alignment as this combination of balance, wholeness, um, satisfaction, and growth. Mm. And I think if we had more education and understanding of alignment, we could identify when we are and are not in alignment and make steps to improve our lives and our relationships and the world (laughs) by course correcting toward alignment. I Love that. Oh, <laughs> that makes me feel so warm. Oh, thank you, Courtney. <laughs> what are you watching right now? Oh, yeah, my wife and I, we watch a lot. We don't have any kids, so we have more like what? <laughs> so some of my favorite shows right now are The Power. What's that? That is on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's a show where adolescent girls get the ability to um, uh, create electricity with their hands, <laughs> and it kind of shifts the whole dim- dynamics of society because now they're able to defend themselves oh, physically. Fun. It's okay. really a fun series. I'll have to write that one down. That's yeah. so good. What are you listening to right now? I love the We Can Do Hard Things podcast with mm, Glennon Doyle. Yes. So that's just one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. And and then just in terms of music, I love Brandy Carlisle, and mm. I play a Pandora station of her with her as the featured artist. Yes. I remember reading Untamed for the first time because mm. I read that Adele read this book, and she had this life-changing mm-hmm. experience. So I was like, well, I'm going to get the book, obviously. Um, and I just remember sitting in my backyard and, like, crying. I know. It was during COVID and everything just felt so out of whack. So she is a personal hero of mine. Yes. Yes. What are you eating right now? I'm eating a lot of something called toffles, which you may not have heard of. I have not. It's kind of a keto waffle with egg and mozzarella mozzarella cheese and oat flour. And you mix it all up and throw it in a little tiny waffle waffle maker. And um, they're super yummy and and healthy. Oh, (laughs) well, I'm going to also, I'm trying to get onto a health kick, so I'll steal that recipe from you. Sure. What are you most scared of? A fascist takeover of the United States by Christian nationalists. Mm. Right to the point, period. What are you most proud of? Um, I think for me personally, uh, I've, I have a lot of accomplishments in terms of a lot of books, etc. But I think perhaps the thing I'm most proud of is is that I teach about sexuality and gender and have for the past almost 30 years um, to students from Eastern Kentucky who wouldn't mm. necessarily have been um, exposed to those ideas. So that, I think, has made a difference in the region, some small difference. How has that changed in 30 years? Because it's had to have been a real whirlwind. Yes. Um, I would say, sadly, the content has not changed much because students still need to be taught the basics. Like, they still haven't learned about white privilege mm-hmm. or the male gaze theory. Mm-hmm. They don't know even a simple definition of feminism or about the feminist waves. Um, but the students themselves have changed mm-hmm. in terms of how they are in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And one thing that has definitely changed is uh, what my last book is about called The Pornification of America, this hypersexualization of culture mm-hmm. that's intensified over time. So that's something that I've been spending quite a bit of time talking to the students about because it's part of their lived experience, this raunch culture, and they didn't have language to talk about it before. 
We'll definitely be talking about that in our next episode together. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you look up to? Oh, gosh. Well, if we're thinking on kind of a bigger stage, I look up to Gloria Steinem. Mm -hmm. And I really looked up to Bell Hooks mm-hmm. before she passed. And then locally, honestly, Ernesto Scorsoni and Deborah Hensley are among my hero and sheroes. I mean, they are dynamos working so hard for our community um, who are just have so much grace and diplomacy and go getedness. And I'm just really big fans. Mm. I lived in New York City for a while and I was in the event planning film and television realm. Um, And I was in the restroom at an event, and somebody came in and washing our hands, and I looked, and it was Gloria Steinem. Oh, you had a brush with fame. Immediately. And also, I'm a cancer, so if I'm too excited, too sad, I'm absolutely crying. And I immediately started sobbing. And so we just got to, like, (laughs) chat for a minute. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, you were so moved. Oh, my gosh. She's the love of my life. Mm -hmm. What are you most looking forward to? Oh, well, my wife Anne and I are about to leave for a five-week camping trip to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Five weeks? I know. It's a splurge. <laughs> oh, that is a dr- Are you doing an RV or are we camping? No, we have a camper. Okay. So it's, it's glamping. We, it's very uh, comfortable. <laughs> the best. Why do you love our community? Oh, gosh, our community, we're warm, we're funny, we're engaging, we're loving, we're caring. We help each other when we need help. Mm -hmm. Why do you love yourself? That's a big question. (laughs) Okay. Well, metaphysically, Mm -hmm. I am my vehicle for my life experience in the physical world. Mm. So that's, that just is. Yeah. So... Um, but I also love that I'm strong and intelligent and loving and capable of growth and that I use my voice and skills to make my corner of the world a better place. Mm. Bernadette, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Yeah, this has been so great, and I'm so excited for the next episode. We will definitely get that on the books ASAP. <laughs> Me too. I look forward to it. Thanks so much. See you next time. Next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.